Hey everyone, Justin here with Whitetail Theories Podcast. On the mic, uh, special guest here. This is an episode I've been wanting to do for a little bit now. I'm glad we were able to make it work. I just got back from vacation. Um, Cody ended up getting a little break, so he was able to uh, do this. Um, but we wanted to put this episode together to kind of, uh, I guess, do a background or a backstory on Cody. Cody, I'm not even going to attempt to say your last name. I always call you Cody Y, um, but I'll let you introduce yourself. But um, for those that don't know, Cody's been a field staff member for, for a long time. I, I think he might even been longer than me. Um, and we actually met through service side. Um, we're going to jump right into this episode, but I wanted to kind of intro in of how I knew Cody. Um, but he was a field staff member at service side for a while. He was actually one of the first uh, quote unquote hunt swaps we did back in the day. We called them hunt swaps, but with ours, it was actually more of a fishing swap. Um, and uh, we did do some hunting, but um, we linked up. We actually, uh, it was crazy. I actually had someone bail uh, on a hunt link um, or hunt swap, and um, they told me last minute. And Cody's like, "Hey, I can, I can come down." He looked at tickets. It was right, right at the height of COVID, or right when COVID, before it was really kind of a thing. It was just kind of starting. Um, but um, Cody was like, "Hey, like." Uh, um, I'll come down. Flights are cheap, and I was like, "Nice." So he came down. Um, I think the, we did a little turkey hunting. Um, ended up, you know, getting to hear some birds talk. Ended up seeing some hens, which was great because, you know, at least we saw and heard something. We, we didn't end up getting a bird. Um, later on, we end up killing. I actually put another member on. Uh, probably, I think it was probably that same bird that we were calling, um, but around that same area. And then I killed one the following year there, and then I had another. Uh, service side member kill one in that same spot so definitely a hot spot which i found with cody um but uh we actually made the trip um successful because we went out and uh, we did some fishing cody wanted to get on a shark um took him out into the bay in a canoe um we should have looked at the weather we did and ended up getting real crazy but we made it back but uh uh, got him on a nice shark in the bay uh, out of the canoe, which was fun. We went fishing at with you know bass fishing's huge here. We have a, a pretty large density of bass, so got him on some nice bass, and uh, we we overall had a good time. Well, he came down again, and um, you know we've hung out a few times. Um, he actually has a brother that doesn't live too far from me. So he's always in the area, and we try to link up. But um, great friend of mine and uh, service side pro staff now. Um, but Cody, this episode's about you, man. I want you to uh, introduce yourself here and uh, tell our viewers uh, your story or our listeners your story. My story can get pretty in depth. <laughs> um, well, let's yeah, start my... out with how do you say your last name? <laughs> so my last name is Yonsiak. Yonsiak. Gotcha. Yeah. Say it, say it a couple times to yourself tonight, and you'll remember it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i the worst at names, man. I messed up John's last name, and I say it all the time, but I never say it out loud, so that's that's always where the issue's at. <laughs> say it in your head, and it never sounds the same. It doesn't. Um, but, but yeah, yeah man, man, I mean, it's – it's uh, we've had a lot of good good times. Yeah, we have. That, uh, that hunt swap we did was, was fun between canoeing in the dark and a – gator infested swamp to oh man rainstorm on the bay in a canoe dude i still I mean, tell was... people to this day i'm like you know what if you guys have never met i always always so i've been with a lot of people man i've taken a lot of people into the swamp and you know how the swamp is a lot of people um they don't understand the dangers and the uh situations you get in and when i took you not once did you complain not once did you get scared even if you were scared you didn't let me know um, i tell people all the time there's a there's a handful of people that have done well and there's a handful of people who have not done well um, and have kind of freaked out a little bit so um you did really well on that man i still tell people to this day like hey i had cody out here in the dark in the front of the canoe and it was just gator infested dude <laughs> Yeah, it was it was nuts, and all you could see is eyeballs. I mean, that's what we were looking at was glittering eyeballs in the dark. That was an experience, man. That's a way to start your hunt is that if that don't get your blood pumping, canoeing into a tiny creek. Which speaking of that, that creek we that little creek we were in, dude, it's it's already it's past that whole parking area we were in. It's up to the road. Oh it's my! Been, yeah, it's raised about sixty foot or so. It's it's pretty deep in there. I can barely barely the canoes. You don't even know where the river starts and where it ends. That's a that's a big change. It was what 
a foot deep, maybe. I think a couple feet. times we almost got stuck. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was something else. <clears throat> but yeah, man, that was definitely a great time. But so Cody, uh, for those that don't know, Cody started out in service side, and um, you know he had a dream of of getting into the industry and, and he made that dream happen. So that's why we wanted to do this episode here. So Cody, I'll let you kind of just segue into it of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of what was your, what was your thought process when you had kind of joined Servicide and, um, you know, where you are today? Well, it was the, you know, the typical, I think I was, I don't know, a sophomore in high school, maybe, maybe a junior. Um, but it was one of those, Oh, pro staff sounds cool or field staff or whatever I was when I started out. And uh, it was like, yeah, this would be cool. So I was on like, you know, 20 or 30 of them. But Serviceside seemed like one of those ones that was going to give me the best break for what I needed and uh, get me connected to more people. So I was like, yeah, let's – I put more energy and focus into that one. And truly it did. It did help me a lot, and I was glad that I did it. But as I got deeper into it and really kind of started dedicating myself to hunting, I was like – I just kind of fell out of it. You know, I couldn't give as much time to it, but I still stuck around. Um but it, they service side gave me my first big connection piece, and then it just kind of rolled from there. But I mean, I was trying to do my own thing. I was like, you know, it'd be cool to have my own hunting show. So I did, you know, YouTube and filming, and was like, oh, this is this is gonna be great. But then you realize how much that takes to try and do it all yourself, and it right. just does not go well, you know. But I still had that dream, and I wasn't gonna give up on it. Um, so I kind of just kept branching out and branching out. Um, some service side partners were helpful and like some of the guys in the group were super helpful to get to get to know and to talk to cause they're full of info and they know a lot of people. So they were really helpful in getting you into it, but it was all about just taking that risk and really diving in deep and it's, you got to start somewhere. Everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and I think a lot of people kind of neglect that. I call it a, uh, one of the like small details, but it's like the biggest pieces is you have to get out there. You have to network. You have to communicate. Uh, I'm just going to use Wasp, for example, just to throw them out. Wasp isn't going to call you tomorrow because you had a good video on YouTube with a lot of views. You know, let's say you used a wash product. They're not going to call you tomorrow to do that. Um, you know, you have to reach out. You have to talk to people like Brad, for example. People that are, are you know, know someone there. You network. You communicate. You They either like you. They don't like you. You create a relationship. You don't. But wherever that path leads, doesn't mean every time you reach out to someone, they're going to be like, yeah, buddy, hop on my back and let's go, let's go to hunting land. Like, it doesn't always work like that. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, like, you, you have to, you get your foot in the door, once you get your foot in the door, then you start branching out to where you think you need to go, or where you're, you know, successful at, or, um, you know, where your dream takes you, really. <clears throat> yeah, that's, once your foot is in the door, you can't let that door close on you. Um, everyone knows getting your foot stuck in the door would hurt, so why let it happen? You yeah, gotta no, keep, for Gotta sure. keep going through, and I, I mean, every day a new opportunity is going to present itself. There's guys coming in and out of the industry, They're older guys, younger guys, uh, some people that get caught doing dumb stuff. There's just there's always a door that opens, and you have to be ready to take advantage of it. And that's one of the biggest things. Like you just can't you can't give up. Whether someone says, "Hey, you need to do this," or "Make this video better this way," or I mean, whatever kind of criticism you get, you can't let it put you down. Like you cannot give up on something that you're passionate about. Yeah, for sure, man. I, uh, you know, I luckily I don't have to grade the the videos because I, I do always feel bad having to to take someone's thought process that they had and their vision of their video because that's what it is. It's art in a form and and tell them like, well, it should be this way, it should be that way. But um, you know, it, it does have to be a certain way sometimes to be put out or if that company wants to put it out. Uh, but not letting that get to you and kind of compromising or finding a middle ground or, or what have you it's it's it definitely helps you to grow um, those people are like no this is what I want this is how it's gonna be well that's fine and and you can do that no one's saying you can't do that it might even work you might be very successful with it um, but um, you know you do run that risk of you know you like you said doors are open you either go in them or you don't um, I mean that's how I got in this position I you know they needed some help I started out small 
doing small things like customer service and then here I am now. So, um, you know, I guess I'd be like an operations or operations director or whatever. I don't, we don't really do titles, but, uh, you know, that that's the thing. An opportunity presented itself and I asked myself, do I want to take this opportunity or do I not? Um, 70% of my mind was like, nah, I think you should stay at the company you've been with for 10 years. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then the other half was like, nah, that's what you want to do. You love the team. You love everything about service side and what it stands for. Take it. And if you don't like it, then, you know, you can always leave. Um, or move on, and 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 that's what I think. Uh, I think a lot of people have that battle mentally. Um, well, and it's not a. I mean, it's not a terrible battle to have. You know, you got to have a plan B to fall back on, because there's no guarantees. You know, you could yeah. give everything <laughs> up and try, and it just doesn't work out for you. And I mean, you got to have somewhere to go. And that was. I mean, I was a diesel mechanic for four years before I did this, you know, and it was, it's something I still have in my back pocket. If anything were to ever go wrong and I need to fall back on it, I have that plan B. But every day I get up and I tell myself that I don't want to go back to that. That's always been the goal. Like I do not, I got out of it for a reason. I don't want to go back to it. Um, so that's, I mean, every day pushes me a little bit further, a little bit further. Every time someone tells me a way to be better, I take it in as, as deep as I can put it. Because uh, that's that's something that they're helping you keep yourself out of those positions. You know, they don't want you to go back to your nine to five. So they're trying to help keep you there and, I mean, make your dream a reality. And that's all that it is. You know, you have a dream. You have to make it come to fruition yourself. Um, people will help you, but it all depends on you whether it's going to be reality or if it's still just going to be a dream. Yeah, for sure. Now, what exactly are you doing right now? Like, what's your what's your title? Well, right now, I'm just I'm a freelance videographer, photographer, field producer. Um, I do it all. Um, but with that, I'm in here. I'm in Illinois right now. I'm guiding out here for whitetails in between uh, different filming jobs. Oh, nice. And just kind of making it happen. However, I have to do it. Just making ends meet. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, we had talked about this a little bit before we started the episode, but, you know, you getting in, I know you, you did a lot of work for free and you kind of had to transition from what you thought you wanted to do to what you're doing now. Um, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about that of, of how you, once you kind of started networking to get where you wanted to go, um, how that kind of transformed into what you're doing now. It, I mean, it was, it kind of just evolved. Um, I think it was 2020, the COVID year, is when I pulled the pulled the plug on being a mechanic and switched to doing this full time. Um, but I did the film the hunt film classes, and that kind of boosted me there networking wise. I met a lot of people, and it really got my foot in the door. And actually, their camera guy who introduced me to that staff that class is part of Service Side, um, and that's actually how I started pointed out to me that I was like, you know, I would have never caught on to this had no one told me. Right. And I made those changes to be better for myself and what I was trying to do. And it's been, it's been great ever since, you know, I've met a lot of people. I've done a lot of awesome things. Um, but it's just, I didn't give up on it. And once I found out really the way to get it done in the industry, it kind of became a little bit easier. Um, but it's uh, I was saying a lot is it's not about who you know it's about who knows you right and you just you really have to roll with it from there because a lot of guys you know I get phone calls all the time from guys that I I've never met never talked to and they're like hey so and so gave me your name uh, we like what you do we'd like to have you come work with us or I'm at a trade show and I'm walking down that uh, walking down one of the the lanes and someone's yelling my name like hey what's up how you doing and sometimes I'm like, I don't know you, but okay. So I go over, you know, shake their hand, talk to them. It's just all, it's all about networking. Um, but you just, you have, can't be scared to take the risk to do it. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think that's a, a big thing. And, and like you said, everything's a balance, you know, everything we talk about here, obviously, you know, no one's saying take your 401k cash in and quit your job, you know, say YOLO and roll with it. Like, but 
you still have to take that time. A lot of a lot of people that get into what they want to do, they do it in their free time. You know, I I did server side in my free time. You know, I would video. I would you know just try to try to be that person that if, uh, a good role model, if you will. Obviously, I'm not shooting 200 inch bucks every day. Um, that's not really my forte. Um, obviously, if one walked in front of me, he'd be down in a second if I could stop shaking. But you know, I um you know I get out there all the time. I enjoy what hunting is. I enjoy what nature is. Man, I'll enjoy watching deer just walk by me. Like, I just enjoy the whole experience. It's just, it's the best medicine for my mental. That's why I hunt. And I'm, I'm usually successful for the most part. But I tell you what, I think my most successful days are just me being out there in the stand right on time, getting to watch everything unfold, really learn. Um, you know, I've gotten really obsessed with turkey hunting and um, really put a lot of work into it. But before I go down that rabbit hole, that's 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 where I'm at with it. Like, a lot of this stuff you you have to do in your like it's not one of those things where it's just well if I could do it full time then I'd be good at it. Well, a lot of the a lot of the people that to get where you are, um, you know they they do a lot of stuff you know for free and 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 network you know networking's a something you do for free, you know you can't. yeah you and you have to you can't when you're just starting out you can't expect to get paid one hundred two hundred three hundred dollars a day for what you do you gotta sometimes you gotta make sacrifices the first two jobs i did i did a a bear hunt in michigan with another staff member travis and i mean that went well we saw some bears the first day and unfortunately i had to leave to go on an elk hunt that i started i did both of those for free uh paid a lot of money out of pocket and then i got picked up by a tv show not long after that and ever since then man it's really just really kicked off for me and I just like we just talked about every open door I could, whatever yep. it takes to get there. And, and that's not telling people like, hey, go out and work for free all the time and don't know your worth. You know, it's it's a balancing act. It's a balancing act of okay, you know, I could easily be at service side and work nine to five or eight to four. I could easily do that. I'm sure Jimmy would be fine with it. I'm sure things would end up buffing out. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we have a thousand people that we want to make sure we are constantly giving value to and making sure they have the best hunting experience they can. So with that being said, I want to make sure that I'm always available or we're always available, someone's available, um, to take care of them. And yeah, that means I'm doing a lot of stuff in my free time or on weekends, but, um, you know, it's one of those things where when you're passionate about something, it, it kind of just, it just happens, you know? Um, but so I remember when you did all that, um, so you just recently got some work published, right? In, in Under Armour. I did. Yes, I did. Man. How, how um, was that? That was, that was something I, you know, never expected. Um, but I mean, again, that's, it was an open door, but it was, I have to give a lot of credit to the guy who booked me for that job, you know, with, without him and being sponsored by Under Armour, obviously those photos probably would have never got used, but that's that was a big a big step and you know I never would have saw that coming or even saw my pictures being good enough for that because I am I am by far my own worst critic but um, Johnny gave me that chance and it really really paid off you know it's that was six years in the making of something like that happening and I just I took it and I ran with it um, that was, was definitely one of my biggest biggest uh, use of photos so far. Um, I did some photos when I was working for Total Archery this summer for the RMEF Bronco that they're giving away that's sponsored by Shields and Yeti. And that was that was another big one for me this year. Um, didn't get talked about a whole lot. Um, but like seeing the RMEF posters with my photos all over Total Archery and they'll be at Cowboy Christmas at the NFR and just all that kind of stuff. It just it's really, really something I never expected to see. And I'm, I'm really proud of it, but I also know that it doesn't end there. You know, there's still bigger and better things to do. So I have to keep going and keep getting better and just keep having those kind of things happen for me. Yeah, man. And I mean, you're still pretty young and, and I like that you come out the gate ready to roll. Um, you know, you, you kind of was like, this is what I want to do. And you took different side streets in different ways, but you ended up getting it done and, and the, the doors are going to continue to open. You know, I tell a lot of people, just because you get in one spot or one position, that, that you're only going to stay in that one spot or one position if you 
make yourself stay in that one spot or one position. They are like you couldn't have said it better. There is always someone getting in and getting out. 30 people getting in, 30 people getting out, and then you have people that mess up. We've been seeing it a lot lately. Um, you know, they, they let that pressure get to them of I want to hunt for, a, you know, quote unquote hunt for a living. I kind of really hate that expression of, of hunting for a living. No one's hunting for a living. Um, you know, most people are doing it for, you know, it's, you, you know how it is. Once you get in the industry, no one's actually just hunting for a living. Um, they're all hunting for, for different things, whether it's selling products or influencing or, or sponsorships or whatever. Um, <clears throat> Well, I mean, a lot of it comes down to, you know, hunting to survive almost. Um, a lot of these guys in this industry, it's, I mean, it's a backdoor secret, but um, it's one of the things where if you don't, if you don't hunt, you don't get paid, you can't, you don't survive, you know, yeah. you have to do it. Yeah, um, but that's, too, we, that's you another know, that's big never, thing. And, and I'm sure you agree with me. I'm not saying you don't, but, um, you know, it's, it's that pressure, that pressure is, is really tight right now, but that's still no excuse for, for being, you know, illegal or unethical. Um, oh, absolutely. you know, they should know that's where you have to, uh, what, what is it? Uh, good intentions pave the streets to hell or whatever is the expression, yep. you know, good, you know, good intentions, whatever, you know, the expression, but, um, you know, you know the thing, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, the uh, it, that's the thing, man. I, uh, I hate to see it. Um, I hate to see when people let that pressure get to them. Cause I'm like, you know what? There's one thing that we can all agree on about the hunting industry. If you mess up once you're done, like there's no, yep. once your name, once your name's done, you're done. There's no coming back from it. I've never seen anyone come back from a, from a bad, bad incident in hunting. It's not, not an easy thing, but the way social media is anymore nowadays, it, sometimes it's like the worst things you do, the more people like you. Um, the dumber the things you do, the more people like you. And it just, it's not that I'm against it. You know, you got to do what you got to do to uh, get, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. But there comes a point where you have to draw the line. Right, exactly. And you got to realize, like, you're giving real hunters a bad name. You're giving the sport a bad name. You got to. You have to have limits on what you're trying to do just because you want to be a face in the industry. Well, you know, being hunting, being a blood sport, if you do anything wrong, anything weapon or gun related, you do anything wrong, like you are the poster child now. Like you are going to be – like you might as well just like go go dig a hole and just live in it because at that point, it's especially the way social media is. Back in the 70s, sure, it might have not got – caught wind if you did something i think i'd heard a story about someone had killed a deer in i want to say it was michigan or ohio's monster you know over 200 inch deer um was supposed to be um free range uh was supposed to be public land was supposed to be like you know just 100 percent everything was legit there was no additives put in its food it wasn't farm raised or any of that stuff and you know i don't care either way whether it is or not but the guy you know had claimed all this stuff and you know when they tried to take the dna uh for the record to give him the you know record or whatever for it he you know he wouldn't allow them to do that um, which raised red flags but that happened in a small town a lot of people don't know about it until social media came out now we're seeing stories from like the 70s and 80s so social media is definitely can uh is gasoline to a fire for sure oh there's no <laughs> doubt about it and it's i mean it's it's a good thing and a bad thing like right. i tell people all the time if if i didn't need social media to really make a living i probably wouldn't be on it 100%. you know there's just too much drama so much yeah. crap yes sir but at the same time i mean it's good to stay in the loop um just so you do know what's going on and like hey don't do that kind of crap oh um, yeah for sure man mm -hmm. for but sure. it's just Social media is just one of them things, man. It's It runs the world and ruins the world all at the same time. Yeah, I mean, we would have never met without social media. Some of my best friends I've met in service side are on social media. You know, that's, who I, that's how I communicate with my family. That's how I communicate with a lot of people. But then you have that negative that comes with that. If I, if I didn't work in the industry, I wouldn't be on social media either. Um, but that connection, man, and that's one reason I was glad we made the app because it's something that I could jump onto if I ever did hypothetically in the future ever get to the point where i wasn't on social media uh, we have the app where i could still jump on and communicate with with hunters um but it's yeah it's it's the good and the bad man sometimes i i'm like hey would i be a different hunter i, I asked myself this like not too long ago and be be my guest if you want to answer it too but i'd ask myself 
Would I be a different hunter if I never was on my phone or never on social media? Like, what kind of hunter would I be, you think? You think you'd be the same hunter, or you think you'd be a different hunter? That's one of them things. I, I definitely think just about everybody would be a different hunter. Because um, at this point in time, everyone's trying to be, you know, that guy. They're, so they're on their phones. they got to put it on their story. you got to put it here. you got to put it there. Uh, it's just – it is definitely something that – affects what you are as a hunter i fully believe that too many people are you know like i said want to be that guy instead of just actually hunting like just go out and do it when i get chances to go hunt by myself um and i'm not filming i'd rather just go hunt you know i don't really want to i'm not gonna tell people i don't i don't want to video it like i don't want to do any of that i just want to go out and i want to hunt and just do what i grew up doing you know, I, I, and you know, that's how, that's how filming is with hunting. Like I, I feel it's the same way. I love showcasing my hunts. I have such a good time. I, you know, you know how it is. We always have fun. If we can't kill a turkey, we're going fishing. Like there's always, there's always a plan B, C, D with me. Um, you know, especially living in a state where we have plenty of options, plenty of opportunity here. Um, so we can always go do something and, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's something where I feel like with filming, it's like, I love showcasing all that. I love sharing it with the world. I love le- giving, you know, maybe that video might motivate someone to try uh, a different type of hunting style or a different type of, 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 uh, you know, go after a different game animal. But then I look at like, sometimes I just love going out there. I just, I'll sit, I won't even move, man. I'll just sit there. I'll look around. I'll sit there for six, seven hours, walk around a little bit, just, just really in, soaking it all in. And you, you have to. I mean, it's a it's your escape from reality. And that's the way I looked. I mean, I self-filmed. When I shot my buck last year, I self-filmed it. And I did, I did you know, put a video together for it. And it's posted on my Outfitters page right now. And eventually it'll be posted onto my company's channel. Um, but it was one of the things. I did it just to do it. I didn't really have any intentions of actually making a film out of it. But once it became successful, I was like, you know, this is my chance to really kind of tell a little bit of a story and just kind of do what I do. So I went ahead and did it and I don't regret it. You know, I've had a lot of people that have watched it and they're like, dude, that was a great video. Like I had one guy tell me, he said, you know, that should be like an inspirational, uh, inspirational video that people watch like before football games and stuff. I was like, well, that wasn't, you know, fully my intention, but I'm glad you think that. And yeah. Yeah. Like I appreciate you watching it and whatnot. It's a different, um, but it's just, when you get feedback like that, it's, it's really cool and it really helps you really helps you want to keep going and keep pushing um feedback is one of the greatest tools in this in this uh field because without feedback you know you never know how to get better you don't know if you're getting worse you don't know if you need to change this if you need to do this if maybe hey this just isn't for you you know you have to have that feedback and that connection with other people to really keep you going in in this industry and in what we do yeah, for sure, man. You got to be able to take that. And, you know, that's one of those balancing act things of, you know, be yourself. If you're an artist, be your, be an artist. Like, you don't have to conform to the man or to the system. But also, you don't notice some things that someone else will notice. I watched a video today, and the sound was fluctuating. Um, you know, when he was talking, it was a good volume. And then when he was out in the field, it was super loud. So I had to keep going back and forth on my volume so I didn't blow my eardrums out. And that's something that he most likely they wouldn't even have seen, you know, especially if he edited, you know, depending on what he edited it with. But, you know, that's something where even something as small as that, just for an example, like you might not see it or think about it because you're so worried about putting that story together that the sound was the last thing, you know, you didn't even notice it didn't fluctuate because, you know, on your computer, it was only a couple bars, you know, of volume. Um, but then on a phone, or which most people are going to be watching it on, not many people are busting out a laptop to watch videos. Um, you know, mo- I would say at least 75% of people do it on their phones. Yeah, that's probably a pretty accurate number. Um, but, I mean, we have our phones in our hands 24-7, right. you know, so why would I get my laptop out when I have one in my hands? Yeah, unless you um, have one up, you know. I mean, I have two screens up, and I hardly ever watch a video on the screens. I have other stuff going on, but 
you know, that's actually something I just did, man. I uh, just went on vacation and I told myself, I was like, I'm going to uh, not have my phone on. I'm going to not do social media and I'm going to not, for a weekend, obviously during the week I need it. I mean, I still have a life and a job, uh, but even on vacation, I wanted to make sure I was in pocket, but um you know, I was one. I did that for two days, and I tell you what, man, it was it was almost scary how I kept like at the dinner table or while we were watching TV or at night drinking a beer. It was really weird how many times I reached for my pocket or, you know, looked over at the table to grab a phone. I actually left it in the glove box of the truck for the weekend, and I was like, man, I'm I got a problem. <laughs> yeah, I have it. Yeah, I mean, we all we all do, but there's a difference between just having that addiction and you're so used to working and staying connected and just that's what it keep is. grinding that you, I mean, you just want to do it. And oh. that's, it's a good thing. Like I'd rather be looking for my phone cause I'm worried about work or if someone called me rather than just, Hey, who posted on Instagram in the last 15 minutes. Right. Well, I, you know, I watched something not too long ago. Uh, somebody was talking about the difference between like social media scrolling and the addiction of phone use as opposed to using your phone to work. Um, and he actually did the, the, you know, pretty much drew the line of like where it should be. Um, it was a really interesting video because I was like, you, you'll notice yourself working and then you might jump on TikTok or Instagram or something and scroll for a little bit. And he actually showed the difference between it. Um, and uh, obviously it can definitely be, be done. I, I try really hard myself, but when you're in the industry, man, it's one of those things where you have to do it. I'm not knocking it, um, but I do recommend if you have a weekend off, because you do have to take time for yourself too to reset. Um, you know, you can grind hard, but one thing I've realized is when I take a little me time, and 100% me time, not you're off, but you're still working on your phone. When you take just a couple days, even if it's one or two days, that reset, I think, makes you more efficient. It makes me more efficient than if I was to just grind the seven days a week, you know? Oh, yeah. You have to have you have to have reset time. You know, I know a lot of guys that, I mean, 24-7, they're doing something. They're grinding. They're working. They're in the gym. They're making posts. They're talking to sponsors, whatever it be. But, like, I'll be gone for, you know, two, three months at a time. Total archery, I was gone for five months. You know, I was taking pictures. I was running the events. I was doing all that. And now into hunting season, you know, I'm gone. I'm guiding. I'm filming. When I go home, man, that's like I shut down for at least two days. You know, I'm not – I don't really accept too many phone calls. I'm not really scrolling through Instagram that much. It's just me and the dog, my recliner, and Netflix. And that's just – that's what I do. And I, I always take at least two days when I get home from my little stints just to reset like i don't want to play with my camera i don't want to do nothing right i just need that <laughs> that time to you gotta let creativity re reload and just gotta kind of bring yourself back to all right let's keep going yeah and everyone's different for sure i mean some people it works for them but i've definitely found that that was once i started and it was hard man my girl's always like you you you're just addicted to work i'm like no nah, i just when you start grinding, you continue to grind. And when you got momentum, you got to keep rolling with it, um, especially in the industry because the industry is never going to stop moving. So you're either on the train or you're not on the train. There's no in between. There's no I'll catch up. <laughs> like you got to be, you got to be in the loop. So yeah, you have, oh, you ahead. have to stay. Like once you're, once you're in the loop and you got to stay in it, otherwise you fall out. And it's just, it's game over. Because so, if you if you fall out of that loop, your name kind of gets forgotten. Become kind of backdoor, and it's like you know he was there, and then just kind of disappeared. And a lot of guys in this industry just don't have time for that. You know they gotta you have to stay present to keep it going. Yeah, for sure. So, Cody, let's uh, let's talk about a little bit about. You said you were working for Total Archery for a little bit. What uh, what were you kind of doing there? You just kind of helping with with the whole setup and things or what, what, you know, what kind of, how'd you kind of get there and, and what'd you kind of take from it? So that all started in 2019. This was truly like my first get to meet people in the industry kind of deal. Oh, nice. And I went to the one in Pennsylvania and I kind of, I had Memorial day off, so they needed some help. I said, sure, I'll help, you know, whatever did that, went home, went back to work, came back up for the weekend of the event. And I was like, I shot the first course and then half of my second one. And then I just rode around the truck with the guys that were working and just kind of got the feel of it. And after that, it was just kind of one of those deals where I was like, you know, this is kind of fun. Uh, you can do a lot, a lot of people. So I stuck with them. 
2021 was my first full tour year with them. And then it's just a lot of you set up, set up courses, uh, the vendor areas, you set those up and then driving across country all the time. Um, like this year I drove the box truck that had all the targets in it. So, you know, had to get to each event and it just, it was one of the things where I just never went home. I was gone from April to August just trucking along but it's it's a really fun event to work for and you know once the event starts i'm on the mountain still driving the truck around filling up water jugs and interacting with i don't even know how many people i interact with a weekend doing that kind of stuff but it's it's one of the one of those events it's a lot of fun and something that helps again keep me in the industry because you can't hunt in summer um you can fish but fishing's not fishing's becoming bigger in like the filming photography world but still not big enough to where i can rely on it to get me through the summer until hunting season comes and total archery is a great filler for that it's a great great job i love it um and it's just one of the things where i got my foot in the door there and i kept kept going with it and it's worked out really well for me since then well and i mean i'm sure you you networked like crazy while doing i mean you did that for years so yeah there's well it's one of the things where I don't typically talk about myself anymore. Um, like I still have vendors that I've been talking to for two or three years now. And just this year, they're finding out I do photography work. And they're like, I would have never seen you as a photographer. I'm like, well, I don't talk about it too much. You know, I just kind of do my thing, post my pictures, and whoever sees them, sees them. Right. Um, it becomes – the people on – Companies see 17,000 pictures a day. Yes. And you really, you're going to have to really take something special for you to stick out, you know? And I, once I, and I realized that I still tag them, I still, you know, interact with them, but I'm just going to keep doing my thing until eventually I take that one picture that makes people go, wow, you know? And that could be 10 years from now, it could be tomorrow, it could be never, you know? But I have to keep doing it and keep pushing forward until that picture happens. You know, and I hope I don't get shot for saying this, but I am an honest person. And, uh, you know, I always, dude, I always think in my head, because I, I get pictures, dude, on my phone, messenger, email, through service side, not through service side. I still get pictures through Angler Pros. I get all kinds of these pictures sent to my phone, uh, super unsolicited, and it'll just be a buck, or it'll be a dead deer with an arrow through it, or it'll be a blood splatter. And I'm like, cool, like there's no context, there's no story, I can't look at the photo and tell what's happening, I can't see any emotion. Uh, I'm just like, you know, uh, quote unquote, generic harvest picture. Um, And I see that all the time, but I'm not wowed. And then when I see a photo, I seen one yesterday, someone had posted it up for the Cantler contest we have. Um, it was, uh, I think his name was Gunner, Gunner Parker, I believe his name is. Um, hopefully I don't have that backwards. I, I think it's Gunner. Um, but he posted a picture. I think it looked like he was on farm equipment and he was doing something in a field. He could have just been driving in a field. Um, but the perspective of the photo and then he had the Cantler and then he had uh, something else on it. But I seen that photo and I like, I felt emotion. I felt like working while you're trying to hunt or working while you're hunting, um, you know, just then you see service side, it was in a coffee mug. So, you know, you know, it looked early and it just, I felt so much emotion from that. And, and that's how I feel when you see that right photo and someone else sees it, like it, it's, it's going to be known. You don't, I notice that's about your photos. You don't take like generic photos, um, especially that underarm photo. I hadn't even seen one in that perspective before. Um, so it's, you know, when you, you, that's that's how it does, man. You can't be generic like everyone else and just be like, I'm just going to take a bunch of photos with this really expensive camera and it's going to be great and I'm going to be paid to hunt. <laughs> so much more to it. I wish it was that easy. And it is, I mean, it is. You're building, people build stories with videos, but when you build, when you can put a story into a photo, yeah. that's when you're really, you know, you're making progress, <laughs> you're getting somewhere. And that's, people connect with photos, you know. Sometimes they don't have time to watch a video. But if you can take a photo that someone just has to sit there and look at it like, man, I feel like I'm here. I can tell exactly what's happening. You know, that kind of story building is just something that a lot of photographers just they never really pick up on. Some guys pick up on it, you know, the first day you tell them about it. Some guys might take them a few shots, but some people just never do. And that's that's just one of those things where you have to be willing to adapt and to learn and change up your habits, you know, Um 
I got told a couple, maybe two weeks ago, um, like, hey, kind of expand your expand your photos a little bit more. Don't focus on logos. Work more towards telling the story and this and that, which I've worked on, you know, the whole time I've been doing this. But actually having someone sit down and explain it to me and show me what they mean, then it really clicked for me. I was like, oh, now I get what I need to do. And that's what I started doing. And it's been the photos have been a lot better. Um, they've told a better story and it's just like, okay, I get it now. I'm seeing it and I got to give it to the guys that told me that because, you know, without them telling me that, how would I have ever known? You know, I, I say this often and this isn't my expression. I, I picked it up from someone else, but there are no self-made men. There, there aren't. There's the people no. that are the most successful. People can say all the time, well, I'm a, I'm a safe self-made millionaire. I'm a, I'm a self-made this. I'm a, no, you're not. There was someone along the, it could be someone like your mom that just you called every week or uh, your brother that said, Hey man, keep your chin up. It, no one is self-made. Um, you know, everyone has had someone, even if it's networking of a phone call, like you said, or, you know, meeting someone, you know, at the range or, uh, on a shoot or on a guided trip, you don't, you don't know who you're going to meet. Um, at any point in time, you don't know who's going to walk through the door. Um, yeah, you, you have to put yourself there. You do. You you have to. Um, my last job, my last career, I used to. I would always be at famous people's houses, Bucks players, um, Lightning players, um, you know, celebrities. I would always meet celebrities, and and that's one thing I noticed was, you know, it, it, obviously, you know, I don't want to, you know, uh, fanboy all over them or anything, but when you see opportunities or you have a conversation with someone, um, you know, I I talk to. Uh, I'm not going to say his name because I don't have his permission. Um, um, over the thing, but um, I, went, I met a <clears throat> lightning player once, and I was like, hey, we started talking about fishing. I was like, hey, man, I know some good spots around here, like, actually not too far from here. You're more than welcome to tag along and, and fish. We actually went and fished. Um, that spot I took you, actually, uh, over at the Hillsboro, um, we actually went and fished um, and, and had a pretty good time, caught some bass and stuff, and, and that was an opportunity. And, yeah, obviously, it didn't grow into anything. I mean, we we talk here and there uh, casually on text, but it was something where I took someone fishing they wanted to do, and they said they hadn't done it since they'd been in the state. Um, you know, now I see his Facebook. He goes all the time. Um, so I feel great about, you know, kind of maybe like, I guess maybe sparking the interest back up. And to me, that that's totally worth it. But you never know who you're going to meet, and – you have to be willing to, um, you know, find a balance. Obviously, don't. I, I think it'd be annoying if somebody just, you know, hits you too aggressively. But you know, if you have a conversation and you're talking to someone about something and in, in, in same interest, hunting, fishing, photography, whatever, then you know, definitely try to grow it into something. Don't be scared to all the all those all someone's gonna do is say no. I'm not interested. You know. Yeah, or and no. I mean, half the time that's the worst they can do is say no. That's it, and then you just um, move on and continue the conversation about fishing or hunting or whatever you're talking about. Yeah, and every I mean, every time you see a person, you know, maybe talk to them a little bit. Uh, the guy that I'm filming for now, uh, most people know him as Johnny Utah. Um, he has this show called Primal Divide, and he was one of those guys that I kind of, when I was getting into it, I started following him, and I was like, man, this guy takes really cool photos, you know, and I would be that annoying high school kid it's like hey how'd you do this what'd you do this how do i get into the industry and you know a lot of those guys they don't not that they don't have time for it but it's just one of the things where they've grinded and worked hard to get to where they are yeah and they're not really gonna and that's really what they're gonna tell you they're gonna say grind and work and that's just what i kept doing and i i would text johnny every once in a while and i met him at harrisburg i think twice um up at that the great american outdoor show Met him there twice, and we kind of just stayed connected through Instagram. And, you know, this year he was like, you know, I could use a camera guy for this hunt, this hunt, this hunt. I was like, I have availability. I'm there. And that's it's just it's taken off from there. You know, he's helped me a lot over the last three hunts we've done with my photography stuff and showing me his style versus my style. And, you know, I'm learning how to kind of adapt to both. So I still have my own style, but incorporating what he's teaching me. And it's just it's really it's really helped me grow as a photographer myself, just seeing that kind of stuff and putting it into perspective and doing it. And I got to give him a lot of credit, you know, for helping me out and filling me in on those kind of little tips like that, that again, you're not going to learn unless you just go out and do it. 
You know, most of the stuff you're learning now, you know, you're 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 a little bit younger than me, and 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 what I love hearing about this is most of the stuff you're learning right now, most people don't learn till their thirties and forties, man. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff that makes people successful and gets them where they are. If I knew now, if I knew then in my twenties what I know now in my mid thirties. Um, which obviously you probably wouldn't be the same person because you didn't go through those trials and tribulations. But man, I always imagine where I'd be if I would have listened to more people and networked more and how many missed opportunities and how many doors I let, like you said, close on you. Um, but when I was in my 20s, I wasn't a coachable person. Um, and then when I got older, I became a lot more coachable and I became a lot less, I became a lot more selfless, you know, um, and uh, in my 20s, I never would have did that, and, and I love that you're taking that in now, because there's there's two streets you can go down, you can ignore them, and think you know everything, or you can take different perspectives and create your own form, um, that, that, those are the only two streets, man, there's no in between, um, to, yeah, to there's, there's no success. back alley for that, you know, there's, there's definitely, and like we had mentioned before about people with that pressure and stuff, that stuff's temporary, man. Like if you continue to do what you're supposed to be doing and you continue to grow and evolve, you will continue to be successful. If you have a door closed, go to another one. Like don't, oh, that's it. I'll never, I'll never get back in it. Well, if you want to, you can get back in it as long as you left on good terms. Um, but you know, don't give up on it for sure. Um, there's always opportunities uh, that are going to be there. There's always someone getting out, and there's always someone that can get in, in that position. Yeah, there's, there will always be an open door if you're willing to step through it. You can't be scared of what's on the other side. And that's, I mean, high risk, high reward. It's just one of those things you have to be willing to do it. And I understand, you know, people have families, they have kids, sometimes – the risk may not be worth it. You know, you can't right. risk losing everything and gaining nothing. Um, I totally get that. But sometimes the risk is worth it for the reward. And that's just one of those things where you just you have to do it. And that's what I keep telling myself is you just you have to do it. When I quit my job to do this, I said you have to do it. And it was sometimes that's the next step into taking you into where you want to be. Well, it can be done. Now, you know, sometimes it's like pulling teeth, but it can be done. I mean, when I used to, uh, you know, when I took this, when I took uh, the first position, I took it service side. The reason I got the position was because I over three or four years, I had made myself known. I was very active. And there was a time where I literally, you know, I just was working 70, 80 hours a week and I couldn't get on much. Um, but I still always tried to be there or or anything just always be there or communicate or make myself known in the community or let people know who I was um, and I continued to always do that and then when the position opened I was able to you know it wasn't like oh who's this guy or hey he was field staff like last year it was oh we've known him for years he's met us and he's came up here before and he's done hunt links and um, he's done multiple podcasts and and all this and I'm not a crazy I don't kill huge mature bucks all the time I don't you know drop record bears or you know <laughs> that's I do pretty good with fishing but I'm just an average everyday hunter um, but my perspective on nature and my perspective on hunting and in the, the tradition of hunting I think is is what really helped me to kind of secure this and then obviously you know I have a selfless love for the service side community I I think uniting hunters is literally people don't realize like this could be it like we could be the last people to ever hunt if you don't continue to fight for your rights and you don't continue to teach your young children or your family members or your friends how to properly hunt or ethically hunt legally hunt um, and you don't do things the right way, we could, this could be it. Who Who's to say that there will be hunting in 50 years from now? Um, I mean, the way things kind of look like they're going, well, you know, we may be small fish right now, but eventually the target will shift um, from what it's on, and it will get towards the people that are quote-unquote killing things, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of what-ifs. Um, and that's I'm, we stress a lot about youth hunting. You know, got to get the kids involved, keep them involved, keep hunting alive. And it's, you see it a lot more nowadays than you used to. And I'm, I mean, I'm glad you do because um, yeah. we need to keep it alive. Same with the guys like the, the hunting public. I, I kind of complain a little bit because sometimes it's like they've done so much public land hunting that everybody wants to do it now. And it's like, right. man, 
pelvic gland's really not as good as it used to be. But at the same time, I give them credit. Like, you know what? You've gotten more people out of the house and into the woods than I could have. So, right. like, thank you for doing that and keeping keeping what we do. We love to do alive. So it's just a, it's like a catch-22 with them. But <laughs> yeah, I get that. The more, the more we can keep people in the woods and get the kids involved and just keep doing it and keep making it look good, I guess is the best way to put it. Like the longer hunting is going to be around and we, it's up, like you said, it's up to us to keep it there. Yeah. Because without us, I mean, it's, it could, it could die right here. There could be no more hunting. Dude, I get that catch 22. I, I do it with turkey hunting all the time. I, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, I want more license fees and I want, you know, more money for conservation and all this other stuff. But then it's like, ah, ah, now there's three more parking, you know, there's three more trucks at my favorite spot. So, you know, I, I get that too, but you know, that's just a balancing act. You're never going to, it's never going to be one sided And one of the sides. If it was, I mean, anytime the, the, the uh, odds are stacked on one side or the other, it, it could be detrimental to the population. You have way too many people hunting then you don't have any game or, and you know you don't have enough people honey you don't have money for conservation um so it's it's definitely a good balancing act but there's no way that we have as many people hunting now as what we did in the past and that's one thing i always keep top of mind is people back then had to hunt like my dad used to tell me stories of him having to hunt so they could eat my dad did not like hunting my dad was was against killing animals he would fish but he just did not like hunting but everyone in my felt else in my family was die hard hunters um, but growing up, dad had to hunt. He, you know, he said, that's how they ate, you know, that's how they got meat. So, you know, I mean, that's how we all started, you know, our ancestors did it and everything else, but it's the same as the, the, we can get talked to have the same conversation about field producing and photography and everything else. There's a lot of people doing it and, you know, a lot more people doing it now than usual, but it's another thing that if people stop or we don't help other people grow, and get better at what they're doing and help them get their foot in the door, it'll go away just as fast. You know, you can't, yeah. you won't have honey TV shows if you're not letting younger kids get into it or have their chance. Or if like me, I mean, me and my mom had a lot of arguments when I started it, you know, she said, what happens if you don't make it? What happens? This what happens that I said, mom, I got to do it. Like, this is what I want to do. I got to try this. Yeah. And she tells me all the time. She's like, I never would have expected you to be going as good as you are. And now she wants me. She's like, can you grow a little bit more so I can travel with you now and do this and that? <laughs> I was like, what happened to the whole, you didn't want me to do this. Yeah. That's a hundred baby to be doing. safe. And I mean, it's just, but it's another part of it. Like there's camera guys out there that are filming, you know, like real tree and bone collector and those kind of guys, they're not going to be there forever. You know, they might yeah. have something come up and they can't do it anymore. They might move on to something else and you've got to, there has to be guys coming up in the back door to keep that going. It's between everything's like that. You know, we could stop having mechanics, stop having doctors, anything can go away at any time. So we just have to keep the people involved and keep them going. And that's what, I mean, like a podcast like this, this might be something for someone to be like, Hey, if he can do it, why can't I do it? You know, I can work that hard. I can do this. I can do that. And I tell everyone, you got to do it. You got to try. Uh, yeah. People message me, hey, how do I how do I get started? How do I do this? I'm like, well, you know, like, have you what kind of pictures do you have? Have you filmed before? And, you know, you get the typical with my GoPro or right. use my phone. And I'm like, well, that's good. That's a good Tactic start. Cam. At least you're doing it. But you got to step up. You know, you got to go to a regular camera, even if it's a cheap one. Right. Start with that. Start getting your films. Start taking more pictures, you know, posting them, posting them, posting them, taking the criticism. Don't get mad at it. Don't quit. Um, take the criticism, fix it, keep going, keep building. And that's, I tell them all the same thing, you know, it's going to be a grind. You're going to have to scratch and claw, but if you want to do it, this is what you have to do. Yeah, 100%. You know, I was going to bring this up a little while ago and we jumped down a few rabbit holes, but man, honestly, my opinion, and, and this is just, this is just my opinion. This ain't server side or a conversation I've had with anybody, but 
as I look at videos and the way TikTok is and, and the way Instagram and Instagram Reels and stuff are and even Facebook, I'm getting to the point where I think that we're going to do the old school, um, you know, the old things always come back. I think photos are going to make a little bit more of a comeback. And I think that uh, videos are going to take a slight backseat. I think that the way, like you said, I dude, I if it wasn't my job, there's no way I could sit down and watch a 15-minute video. I'm too... I am too strapped, man. Every second, I mean, I'm usually eating, drinking coffee while I'm working. Like, I don't even get a second to, to just sit down and, and enjoy a meal or a cup of coffee. So, um, I, I personally think that, do you, I mean, you being kind of in the industry, do you do you see that? Or do you think that's just kind of my perspective? Or um, It's like anything. It'll come in waves. Um, I do think uh, TikTok kind of is helping the video side, hurting the photo side, but there's been so much controversy with TikTok and everything else that I don't see it being around forever. And I do see photos coming back, but with Instagram adapting now to where it's mostly reels and the photos aren't getting the, the attention that they used to. And, um, it's just, it's hurting photographers more than, you know, your video guys. Um, but it's also helping like people starting out, they can use one audio sound and all of a sudden they have 10 million followers and they're like, holy shit you know like how did i get to this point right like i didn't do i like i didn't do anything and now they're i wouldn't say they're struggling you know they're gonna keep doing it the way they did it but now you're like panicking like how do i keep these guys interested i can keep this going you know i can kind of be a big deal now and that's cool you know i'm cool with anyone becoming what they wanted to be you know chase your dreams whatever but then there's some of us i'll use myself for example or like some of the other guys that are in this industry they're we're good photographers and we take photos and you see it all the time. Uh, Sam Soholt just made a reel that said, here you go, Instagram. Here's a photo as a reel, put that in your algorithm. And it's, I mean, people take good photos and they want their photos to get acknowledged. And when you push the issue of reels, getting all the attention, it kind of hurts the photographers, but people will get tired of the reels eventually. And photos are going to come back. Yeah. I so think you have to keep pushing back. through it all. I do think I just looking in the horizon. I just I really feel like photos are gonna make a comeback. I've seen some crazy, crazy edit stuff now. Software. I've just seen the way the way photos or those cinematic photos. Just everything's just. Uh, you know, I, I just I really think they're gonna make a comeback. I think that they're gonna draw a little bit more emotion than you know. I, I definitely feel like videos are gonna take a backseat. We'll stick with the short reels and TikToks, and then I think the photos are gonna make a comeback. Yeah, I I that's they're gonna make a comeback. You know, mullets made a comeback. You know, everything's <laughs> everything's gonna make a comeback. Yeah, it's all gonna come back full circle eventually. You know, so yep. you just have to keep pushing through it and dealing with. Uh, my football coach in high school one time, he said, overcome adversity and success will be inevitable. And that that quote has stuck with me since that day. I've told it to Boy Scout troops. I've told it to, you know, followers on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot, just like in a, in a caption. But it's, I mean, it's the truth, you know. You have to overcome and adapt. And that's what, I mean, military guys do that. Overcome and adapt. You got to make it work. You got to do what you got to do. And it's going to be a struggle. It's going to suck. But if you want to be there, if you want to be successful, if you want to get shit done, you got to do it. Yeah, you got to, man. You got to be willing to fail for sure. Uh, even if you fail, at least you can say, well, I tried. I did it. I would much rather be able to say I tried and failed or I tried and it just didn't work out. Um, that was a huge reason why I um, why I took the service I gig. I was like, you know what? If I fail... At least I say I tried it, and I got to see what the industry was like, and I really got to learn what the industry was about, and really glad that I took the opportunity, because I never would have even imagined the things that I know now about the hunting industry. I never would have thought. I always had that stigma of like, well, you know, good hunters are the ones that are on TV or out there, and in reality, it's, you know, it, it's a lot more about money and, and things like that, so. Yeah. It, I mean, it's like anything. Money drives the world, and same with the hunting industry. You know, if you have, you have some coin, you're gonna be, you can become a big deal way faster than, you know, whether, like you said, maybe a good hunter or someone that's just busted their ass mm -hmm. for years. But it, you know, someone comes in with 
here's a check for, you know, a couple million or whatever it may be. And all of a sudden you're right back to where you started. Like, how do I, how do I deal with that when I can't fork up that kind of money? But again, adapt and overcome. It's just something that you have to do to get to where you want to be. You're going to have to deal with struggles. It's, it is a part of the game, unfortunately. There are no, there are no paid hunters in my opinion. There's only paid actors. <laughs> you're not, you're not really, you're not 100 percent wrong there. That's, <laughs> and this ain't I mean, a shot at the them. Truth. I've got some, I've got some great friends that have shows and stuff, and they're probably laughing at this right now. But you know, that's that's the way I look at it, man. Like we, when, once you get in. I talk to people a lot, a lot, and they're like, well, you know, I'm a really good hunter, and I'm like, that's great. You should use that and educate others and really get your name out there, but unless you got the coin to put a TV show, you know, I, I just don't, I just don't see, TV shows aren't going around. It's not like the NF, you know, the draft where they're scouting you in high school and watching you through your college years and deciding if they want to take you before you finish college yeah or not. it's not yeah, like hunting that. don't work that way well i just think that even though there's less hunters uh than when we have like the say 50s 60s but there are more people that are getting getting out there so like everyone everyone now is self-filming everyone now is taking photos everyone now is is showcasing their bucks and in, in their game animals and I'm like you know there's a lot more people doing that so it's really really flooded I don't even think there'd be a way for like people to unless you I mean even with Instagram and stuff it's not about something being really good it's it's money you can pay I get email we get emails daily we don't use none of that with our with any of our socials we don't pay for any of that stuff to get followers or any of that stuff if it's not organic we don't want it and you know we've been shadow banned I don't even pay attention to Instagram or Facebook. I put stuff up for the team. Everything we do has the team. If it doesn't benefit the team, it ain't it ain't going up. Um, right. You know, even with Instagram, our grid is to showcase what Uniting Hunters is about. Um, so even if you look at our Instagram, but you know, uh, we used to get a ton. You know, we had a huge following, and we used to get a ton of you know likes and comments. And I used to always think, oh, that's great. Man, we barely even get touched, and I look into it, and we're freaking been shadow banned forever. And I'm like, well, let me look through here and see what's offensive. There's nothing that should be offensive. Everything is very clean cut and and put on there and appropriate family quote unquote. You know, to me, it's family rated. Um, and uh, you know, why are we getting banned? But I can scroll a few more times and see a a girl with hardly any clothes on. She's got yeah million followers. You know, and yep. I've got a picture of someone taking their kid out and they're killing their first deer and it's a hundred likes, <laughs> you know, with, with 90,000 following that we have. It's just, it, it's another part of the game, you know, we, um, adversity got to overcome you know, it. Oh, you and, do. I don't even cry about it, man. It's one of those things where yeah, I'm like, whatever it is, what it is. I don't even get upset, man. I just don't put any time into it. And you know what? They shoot their self in the foot with it. Cause guess what? We don't put any money into it. So it's their loss, yep. you know. Yep, it's a it's another catch twenty two. Like we, I mean, there's upsides, there's bad sides, but it pays off for most people, so they're not going to change it. And that's just the way it goes. But mm -hmm. it's the same deal, you know. Face the adversity, overcome it, find a way to take yourself to the next level, and just keep keep going until it gets there. And that's that's the main. That's the I don't even know how to. That's like your main. That should be your main focus, no matter what, all the time, is just keep going, keep pushing. It doesn't matter what anyone says, you know. Let haters be your motivators, however you want to put it. You have to find a way just to overcome all of that, to keep pushing towards what you want. For sure, man. That's that's a great takeaway for this episode. Um, we're rounding out about an hour here, so we'll wrap this one up, but... Uh, Cody, I appreciate you jumping on, man. It was really insightful to, to kind of hear your story kind of working into where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do um, and kind of where you are now. Um, so what, what's kind of your what's kind of your plan for the next few months? What do you what do you have in the works here? So I'll be pretty much in Illinois most of the time guiding. Um, I got a trip to Missouri coming up here in about a week and a half. I got, uh, I'm going to, if my passport comes in in time, I'll be in Saskatchewan at the end of November. Um, you know, it's just little stuff like that. A couple of small trips, 
the guiding Illinois season ends in January, so I'll stay here, uh, do do my guiding here, and then you know I'll kind of go home for the end of January, February, maybe chill a little bit, hopefully do a few trade shows, um, you know, so I'll be out and about interacting with more people and helping companies that I work with and uh, shows that I work with, and you know, just kind of roll with that, and then Total Archer will be here before we know it, and I'll be right back on the road again. Nice man. So, Cody, where uh, where can our uh, listeners reach you as far as if they need any, you know, if you know, hire you know, any freelance work or if they have any questions for you or anything like that? So, you can find me both Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can either search me at Cody Yonsiak. Um, Instagram is Cody and then obviously Facebook's just normal how you'd see it any day. And then find my company page on again either one. Uh, Kodiak Media, C-O-D-Y-A-K, and uh, you can find me there. Just whatever, whatever you use the most, you can find me there. Uh, reach out, send me a DM, whatever. Um, I check my phone kind of constantly, just because that's that's how I roll. So if you message me, I'll see it, um, and I might not respond, you know, right away. It might be in the middle of something, but I will eventually get back to you. And if we need to jump on a phone call, we can. If we don't, I can just help you through text i can do that um we go from there nice and i'll put all that stuff in the show notes uh for everyone too so they have easy access to it but cody man i appreciate you jumping on we will definitely have to get you back on once you get back from saskatchewan i'd love to hear about that hunt another freaking deer up there ridiculous yeah and it's gonna be cold so it'll be an experience Awesome, man. Well, Cody, I appreciate it, man. And uh, you guys are listening to White Tail Theories podcast.